is good to find dolls. So, um, I wanted to make sure to document this because I've always talked about how, <laughs> even as a black woman, oops, let me do this. I feel like the emphasis is always on us to be the loving, kind, all-encompassing, taking on of everyone else. But it's moments like this. I'm just going to outright say it. You kind of remember how treacherous white women can be. Um, and it was to a point where... So there's... Uh, Y'all know I'm watching Jack Ryan. I'm in season one, um, which I like to binge watch stuff. And I like... Um, like action and adventure type of movies. And so there's a scene in there where it, you know, because the story's unfolding, it turns out that there's a group of, of white doctors in the Middle East. Like they're in Syria. They're, yeah, they're in Syria. And so they get captured. And so with that, they get captured with another. Um, I guess Syrian guy out there and, and it's like all around Syria, Lebanon. But um they're trying to they're having a hard time because they're trying to decipher between like the good one, the good Syrian and Lebanese and the bad Syrian and Lebanese. So even though they're all captured together, it's kind of like you don't you still don't know if you can trust them because there's that distinction. And so um, the doctor finally gets supplies, and so he starts to distribute it around the people that he was captured with. And so when he goes to give it to the to the other guy, you know that that's either Syrian or, or from Lebanon. Um, the other doctor's like, "What are you doing? We're not supposed to help him." And the doctor said, "We are doctors first. Never forget that." And it was interesting because just before that, I had seen this title. This will be the first time I'm, I'm listening to it in its entirety, but it says, Newsflash, White Nurse Exposes This About Black Women. And I could kind of tell from the description that it was talking about how, you know, I want to believe that women have more in common, but it's moments like this that I'm, you know, reminded and I think, like I said, I think that it's not fair even when other black black women try to be like, oh, you know, white women are the victim. There, there's nothing victim about this. This is someone who is a white woman first before she's a medical doctor. She's white before she's a white before she's a woman. You know, and I think that most of the rhetoric we hear about being women centered 90, 95% of it comes from black women. But let's go ahead and play this. The volume on her, um, on this video is low. And I do have my high frequency <laughs> music in the background, but hopefully it doesn't um, interfere with what you're about to hear. I would also want you guys to see. I'm well aware that whatever I'm about to say could get me in a lot of trouble, but I think it's important enough to say. I'm a labor and delivery nurse and I treat my black patients differently. I've seen nurses, especially labor and delivery nurses, online saying things like, I'm colorblind, I don't treat my patients any differently, meaning that they don't treat their black patients worse than they treat their white patients. And here's why it's not enough to be a colorblind nurse in 2023. Because I know that in my specialty, labor and delivery, black women are more likely than any other race to be harmed in pregnancy, childbirth, and beyond. 
the U.S. is the worst place to have a baby if you're black in the developed world. Why is this not happening anywhere else? Systemic racism. You don't believe me? Just go okay, so um, she is actually sounds like she's being highlighted. Okay, I can, I can, uh, listen. This is that part where content creators can choose to just re-record and no, no, no. Like I said, it's the first time I clicked on it. I wanted to illustrate a point. I can hear from her talking points that she's trying to shed light on a different issue. So, okay, okay, all right. You know, this is woman-centric. Let me let her finish playing, but you probably realize by now she's trying to highlight from her perspective as a nurse. Another interesting thing that I noticed, too, is she, you know, some of the, the language is that other white nurses, she said, will say that they're colorblind. But even myself, I'm kind of learning the distinction between being, quote-unquote, not racist or being colorblind versus being anti-racist. And so... It's one thing to just go about your day and not say anything. It's another thing to counter the culture. So I do appreciate her saying this. Let me finish playing it and then I might go back and play it over again. But hey, raw vulnerable moment. Let's go. Google James Marion Sims. So not only are black women not believed about their pain, not believed about their symptoms, but also they may put off getting something checked out because they don't trust medical providers for good reason. So here's how I treat my black patients differently. Number one. I don't expect them to inherently trust me because I'm working. And I think because I was looking in the comments and stuff, she, um, it did trigger me. And that's why I wanted to go ahead and click on it. Because she says I treat my black patients differently. And then I was just like, oh, or kind of like being racist or discriminatory. But now I get it. So it, it, it is what it is, right? Wearing scrubs and a badge. And I don't get offended if they don't. Many black women are coming in to have a baby already having experiences of not being listened to. And until I'm able to prove to them that I'm someone that can be trusted, they shouldn't trust me. Hmm. More than my white patients, I emphasize the fact that I will always believe them. Yes, my white patients know also that I will believe them, but I really, really drive it home that I promise you that I'm going to believe everything they say. I include every single person in the room who is supporting this patient in a conversation about preeclampsia, even if they don't have it. Because preeclampsia is one of the leading causes of maternal mortality in the United States. And preeclampsia can happen even after you've had your baby. I tell them about the symptoms, and I also tell the support people that if you hear her saying any of these things, make sure that she gets seen. You know, this, it, it's making me teary-eyed because this is what I want us to be at a point where we're woman-centric, Right? I don't give a damn about whether, you know, the content being, if it, I, I deal with what it is that I have, I, I listen to the same content, it took a twist and a turn, but that, this is what woman-centric looks like, and I feel like, like, I, I want to believe that there's a higher ground for us, and we have more in common, because she understands that women can have preeclampsia, and I'm glad that she didn't choose to trump her whiteness over her womanhood over being a woman you know and i think it's going to take work from all of us together to work through it and and it's crazy because even when you hear me talking it's like i have my guard up and my defenses up right and and part of me empathizes to what it's like to be on that side of where it's kind of like you know um 
how they're viewed and 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 it, it it it's all we're all you know kind of figuring each other out because at the end of the day you're you are given the opportunity to show your true colors to show who you really are to show where you really stand right if when she gets seen you don't feel like she's being listened to go somewhere else i let them know that i'm here to be their birth bouncer and i'm not gonna let anyone do anything to them only for them and their baby with their permission i can neither confirm nor deny whether i have slapped the provider's hand away um when the patient said no i don't know anything about that i have no hard data to back this up but i have a hypothesis that black women are not being repositioned in labor as much as white women so my patients know and I will say this, that I'm going to turn you like a rotisserie chicken because movement is gold in labor, especially after you have an epidural. When we have a baby, I don't like the amount of bleeding that I'm seeing. I am early talking to that provider about, hey, what do you think about maybe giving a little bit of Cytotec? What do you think about putting in a Jada? Because postpartum hemorrhage is the leading cause of maternal death. I will always use whatever privilege I have to make sure that my patients are heard. That's why it's so important to treat your black patients differently. If you're a colorblind nurse, you're part of the problem. Four hundred. Oh, that's that's deep, y'all. I will definitely let me see if I can push to this um, ad. Um, a lot to think about, and and you know if here's the thing, um, I I I talk about being woman centric. I think she stitches other people talking. If you wanted to hear more. Um, Go to, this is from Cindy's Villa. I'll take a screenshot. It'll probably be on the thumbnail. It says, Newsflash, white woman exposes this about um, black women. She meant every word. But if we, can you imagine if we became more woman-centric? Again, not a mother, never had children, likely never will. But when you understand that the medical field is male-dominated and there is nothing natural about giving birth on your back. It counters gravity. You are, there's um, pictures and like, not pictures, but there's like um, images and like sculpting and stuff like that and engravings that show that when women are giving birth, they're on their fours or like they're in a squatting because if you're in a squatting position, gravity's going to push the baby down and and you know help with the birthing process opposed to you laying flat on your on your stomach and there's nothing natural about stirrups either and those type of things and so um water births are even so much better um i mentioned that one of my new acquaintances is that she's a doula she's a newly certified doula as of january and so that's something that they're starting to provide services out here and I and and to me that is woman centric, right? And um, if we were really woman centric, it wouldn't you wouldn't have to worry about how. Oh, but you know, let me let me kind of just not not go too much into this, you know, too many tropes. But let me let me let's listen to one more person what she has to say. show you all some of these stitches i have put them together and of course i'm going to show you all some comments please check the stitches out any other race to be harmed in pregnancy childbirth and beyond 
Okay, so I wanted to touch on this topic a bit, okay? Um, I had my first kid when I was 31. And when I had her, I had a tear, you know, it was a minor tear, but I had a tear. So my doctor, which was a Asian woman back then, like, you know, she was young, we were, I think we we're at the same age. Um, you know, she had taken care of me the whole pregnancy and whatnot. So obviously it's my first kid's not a problem. So we, um, you know, so I have the baby and I have a tear and then she goes to proceed to stitch me up. And I tell her, I can feel you. You know, she was like, oh, the numbing the um, liquid is gonna like, it's gonna numb you. You're not supposed to feel it. And I was like, okay, but I can feel it, right? And then she starts stitching me and I can actually feel it. And my husband had to leave our newborn daughter to come cater to me and kind of like, hey, she can feel it. And then that's when my doctor was like, oh crap, you can feel it. So she mm. stopped and basically let the, the numbing agent work. That was that, let it go. I had my son, 2019. I naturally, after you have your kid, you know, it takes a while for the bleeding to stop about six weeks. I bled for 12 weeks. I called her after six, seven weeks. Hey, I'm still bleeding. Oh, please don't tell me she went back to the same person. Please don't tell me, ah, <sighs> y'all. But if you didn't hear, that was her Asian doctor type of thing. And so, um a lot of you are familiar with medical apartheid and a lot of the scientific advances were off of the back backs of black women even if you look into the stem cells that were used for the covid19 um um vaccine those were from a black woman right we can't do nothing until past 12 weeks i'm like okay 12 weeks comes around hey i'm still bleeding oh wow you're still bleeding that's weird let's go ahead and get you checked out what did they find in my uterus no placenta no placenta was still stuck in my uterus three and a half months after i had my son all the horror stories of what could have happened sepsis you know i could have it, it, it was crazy so when I hear stories about, you know, black women not feeling pain and whatnot, it's 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 sad because at this day and age, <laughs> where where are we protected? Where are we protected? We're not protected in the streets. We're not protected in school. We're not protected in the basics of giving childbirth is scary. So now I have to, I had to leave her because fool me once, shame on you. Right? Or fool me twice, shame on me. Then we'll right. have the third time. Oh my God, she went back to the same person. Me, mm-mm. But you know what? Oh, I'm so sorry she had experienced that. You know, so I just had to touch on that real quick and say that black women, we're, we need to be heard, you understand? And black women, you're loved. I'm a nobody who created commercial. Oh my gosh, guys, I can totally relate to this. Hear me out. 
military, and we were stationed at Aviano Air Base in Portanone, Italy, and I had given birth to my second child on the economy, which means I gave birth at Portanone Hospital. I had a roommate uh, in the labor and delivery room who was active duty as well, and um, I want to tell you about my experience with her because as an African-American woman, uh, she was not treated the same at all. And I watched that firsthand in this experience. Her pain levels, anytime that she said she had pain, they didn't believe her. Anytime that she said she needed help, they didn't believe her. And so this is a white woman talking about how she was pregnant and was seeing the contrast between her treatment and the other black woman's treatment. And I feel like this, this you know, for how I started off, if you're still here, I am human. Um, and I'm deliberately leaving even that pivot up to because it's it's so easy for me to be like, oops, made a mistake. Come back on here, re-record, and come with a cleaner message. But it's like this is how this is real life, like how we deal with things and how we kind of process the information. And when I talk about how I wish we were more woman centric, this is in a way is is it everything is going to resolve everything? No. But I think that, again, these platforms, I've said it before in other podcasts, that Age of Aquarius, if anything, is for the woman because we get to peel back the layers of what's really happening to us and her being able to voice what she saw, you know, and adding to the voices and us collaborate, like, you know, working with each other. This this is good. So I'm going to go back a little bit, 10 seconds. But I just wanted to give you context of what you were hearing. And I watched that firsthand in this experience. Her pain levels, anytime that she said she had pain, they didn't believe her. Anytime that she said she needed help, they didn't believe her. And about 36 hours into uh, my oh, delivery, oh. right after my delivery, um, or into my stay, however you want to say it, she made the choice to no longer continue in life. And it was... It was very traumatic for all of us involved. There hasn't been a day that I have not ran through that situation in my mind. Because mind you, like I called the command post. I called the first sergeant. I called the base labor and delivery. I called the new parent support program. And I said, you need to get up here and you need help this woman. And nobody came in time. In fact, the first sergeant sent, yes, her friends, but um, somebody with no authority to really actually help the situation. And um, it was very difficult to watch unfold uh, because once it unfolded the way it did, they made me go see a counselor because they wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to make that choice to no longer continue in life and let me tell you I looked them dead in the eyes and I said if they treated me the same way they treated her and they did the things that they did to her hmm. I would have made that same decision to not continue in life and of course that like set off some red alarms and red flags and like they started freaking out but it's the truth she was not treated the same she was not and unfortunately um we all had to walk the aftermath of that, right? Because it impacts a whole community. It was so freaking difficult to go through. But I can tell you firsthand, I saw that she was not being treated the same. I saw that they were questioning her. I saw that they weren't listening. And listening is a very important piece to labor and delivery and postpartum care. And um, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was one difficult season, but I'm telling you, if you hear somebody say they weren't treated the same and they are African-American and it is 
pregnancy, postpartum, during pregnancy, whatever, believe them. It's true. They have no reason to lie. And I've seen it firsthand. And let me tell you, it is the most difficult thing to watch because you know that they aren't being treated the same. Is the worst place to have a baby if you're black. Add this to one of the many reasons why I have zero interest in motherhood. This society is not set up well for motherhood. It doesn't take motherhood seriously, which is baffling because nobody would exist without mothers. From everything from maternity to leave to before and after childcare. So if I'm honest, I'm in the middle of watching something else, but I wanted to definitely I, I think I reminded myself I want you to go and check out Cindy Villa's um, video on this. I'm pretty sure the thumbnail is going to show. So you can support her and go like the video and listen to the rest of the stitches. It's a 27-minute long um, video of stitches and a little bit of her her commentary in between there. But um, this, is, this is good in terms of um, being woman-centered. And the reason I wanted to even pause it on this one about her talking about motherhood in general um when i was at my niece's um academic achievement um well for her athletic achievements ceremony um we were we ended up talking to this um woman there and, and she and i would always be like it was her son on the track and field and then my niece doing her track and field stuff and so we'd always be cheering each other's kids on, but we never really got a chance to talk. We were busy and type of thing. So we finally got a chance to sit down and talk and stuff. And she was telling me about how, like, even she was raised by a, a racist because um, if you saw, saw her, you could tell she has a little bit of something. But it's 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 just if you're kind of up in the black community, you can tell, but you can't put your nose on it. But she had kind of like, um, like a honey blonde color hair, light freckles, more on the clear complexion, beautiful piercing blue eyes, and it was so cool. She was showing us her um, ancestry, um, background, and so what it was is her mom was Cuban, I think Cuban or Puerto Rican, I think Puerto Rican. She was a dark skinned Puerto Rican, and her husband was a white guy from. I don't know from a, if I say Oklahoma, I'm, I'm probably lying, but it's like he was. Um, long story short, his his background goes back to like Germany and. Um, and she showed us his picture. You could see how piercing she has the same eyes and her little her youngest baby has her youngest son has the same piercing blue eyes. But she was even like the mom was trying to teach the daughter. Um, Spanish because she's part Puerto Rican um, and part, you know, white. And the dad found out and he fired the nanny that was taking care of her and removed her from being taken care of by anybody Hispanic. So it's like, even though she was biracial, um, you know, that racism that you kind of always hear about how it happens if it's a, you know, but if the, well, but if the woman is a different race how she's not accepted if the the father is black or whatever and so back to the woman-centric thing about pe pregnancy her husband is former military and she said it was horrible like they they don't even know you're in pain and stuff like that or you tell them and at that point she had had two previous pregnancies because the oldest one was he just turned 18 and he he's graduating high school the second one is 16 and then she has an eight-year-old 
And so when she was pregnant with the eight-year-old, this is her third pregnancy. She has three boys. So at that point, you know your body. And she said the the level of chaos that they gave her. And um, that was the year that, for some reason, at least most women... Because you heard the story about what happened on base, the women right before this. How, you know, it's that you don't get the best care. And so up into before that, she was able to um, go off base to get, you know, the specialized clear that she needed. But that year that she was pregnant, the whoever was president at the time had made it a mandate that you cannot leave the base to get, you know, medical attention. And or if you do, you would have to come out of pocket for it. And so she was subjected to all kinds of just, you know, they don't give a they don't give a a, a damn about, you know, labor pains or discomfort or like. It, and so part of it is just they were just very um, harsh with all of the women that were pregnant. But I think that hopefully it's something that we can move towards, you know, looking out more for each other. Let me play this other one real quick and see what she has to say. And it I've made over $300,000 in less than 30 days selling name brand products like the uh. Nintendo Switch. Took me four hours to get something other than Tylenol for the 10 out of 10 pain. The systemic racism in healthcare needs to be fixed. All right. Uh. All right, I'm going to let you all go. <laughs> I I um. I was, I was in the middle of something else, but I hope that that is my goal. Again, it, funny from the way it started, but I did say that I, I, um, I was disappointed with what I thought I was about to see. Um, but she's a perfect example of how we can be more woman centric and it really, there's a lot of healing that we need within ourselves, but um, within the collective of, of women across the board. And I think don't undermine, don't under, take for granted that I think most of the times it's black women that extend the olive branch, but, um, it's far and few between because I feel like she, she's not necessarily the, um, she's more on the one out of 10. You know how you always talk about how guys are saying like, all of them are good guys, but it's really one out of 10 or one out of 100. You know, I feel like she's one of a kind. I've shared my experiences, too, with going to the doctor and, and what I had to go through. And um, it's not, you know, it the, the, the numbers are not as high as I would like. But I think it's something we're moving towards. And I think that even hopefully podcasts like this can show that we have something to move towards we all share some sort of motherhood together we all share experiences of how we're treated and the reason i talked about how one thing we even share in common is women in in general period is they're still having like hispanic women white women asian women you know all the other cultures of women giving birth on their back with stirrups and so it just goes to show like how We've moved so far away from when we used to have like doulas and we used to have um, midwives and when we used to have like water births and, 
you know, even I, I even again, never had children, but I found out about like the lotus birth. I, if you go and type in lotus in my thing, I talk about how you can use that to instead of cutting cord cutting. Instead of cord cutting, it's way more natural to release someone through the lotus um, method. When you have a lotus birth, the baby is born with the placenta. They don't cut the umbilical cord and you allow the placenta to fall off after the nutrients have been released from that and um, from the placenta. And so those we have moved so far away from the secret practices that us women used to have with each other and to support each other and to have that commonality, you know. Um, And I would like for us to move back to that, you know, and like I said, there's a lot of healing, but I, I like that there's some progression and reminding us that we have way more in common than we do that separates us. So. All right, my loves, I'm going to go to bed. I don't know if I'll come back on tonight. I want to go to bed early because last night I I fell asleep like around three in the morning. And so it impacted the rest of my day. But I want to go get some exercise in the morning and I have meetings tomorrow. Um, And my parents are only going to be here until Thursday. So just trying to keep up with everything that's going on with them and and with us, they already they started packing, so um, it's more packing when they're going down. But when they come up, they just take like one carry on because everything they have, most of the stuff they have, is out here. So yeah, y'all. I will talk to y'all later. Have an amazing rest of your day. Amazing rest of oh, you know what? Let me check something real quick because I need to start. Uh, Give me one second. Those of you who've been with me for a while, I'm going to give you an update on when I'm going to come back. Let me see. Week 29 to June 4. Okay, okay. Yeah, so um, probably tomorrow, early morning, I'm going to come on with the... Give me one second. With the weekly horoscope. Like what to expect for the week ahead. Um, from May 29th to June 4th. And um, let me just take a little, eh, still looks like we're dealing with a little bit of dark energy, but ooh, Friday is going to be really nice. And then um, Saturday is going to be really nice. Let me see here. Going into Sunday. Yeah. So we're, we're going to be clear from the looks of it. We're going to be clearing out some dark energy that we went into starting from Saturday um, that will carry us over into Tuesday. Um, but midweek, we're going to, looks like we're going to be going into some some more <laughs> much more welcome energy so stay tuned for that you'll want to check out the mini set series on musings of a divine feminine i have my avatars on there and then you'll want to come back to the podcast for the longer version of um, my insights and what's going on all right bye love you